Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the New Era Podcast. I have a special guest today. He goes by the name of Fidel Munoz. <laughs> Hello. What's up, Fidel? Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Is this your first uh, podcast that you recorded? Ever. I've never seen this type of setup or anything, so it's pretty cool to see awesome. how, how it all um, works. Have you, or do you listen to podcasts or? No, no. I've listened probably to a few like here and there, but not like a full podcast or really got into, I never really got into that. So. Yeah. Um. So podcast is pretty much, I mean, you know, more or less what it is. It's kind of like talk radio and things like that. So like um, I wanted, I think it's pretty cool. Thank you so much for being here. I know I already oh, mentioned no, that, but it's, fine. I know we've talked about it before of upcoming out and it's, it was kind of hard to narrow down like what we were going to talk about because right. it's. There's so much and it's it's so cuz you're into so many different things but um to someone that doesn't know you who is Fidel Muñoz? Well, oh, that's a great question. And I could go into so many other like different things that I could talk about myself but um I'm basically just a guy that lives in Los Banos. Uh I've lived here most of my life. My parents are from Mexico and uh I've lived been living here in Los Banos most of my life but uh, I'm a pretty normal guy, um, except for the fact that I'm in a wheelchair. Obviously, a lot of people, that, that's the first thing they notice about me, but uh, there's a lot more to me. Uh, and um, um, actually, I'd like to share a story that'll kind of sum up who I am. Uh, recently, my brother's girlfriend, uh, who works for the government, uh, asked me to write a story for the Sunstar uh, Merced newspaper, right. and they're going to publish it pretty soon, hopefully in a couple weeks. So. I thought it'd be a good idea for me to read it out loud so that people kind of get an idea of of who I am in a way. Uh, the story was kind of geared uh, to talk about Medi-Cal and the, basically the limitations and the restrictions that they have and how they're trying to, the president is trying to get rid of these programs. Um, so it kind of ends in that and touches on that at the end. But the whole beginning of the story yeah. is about my life. So that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, that'd be awesome to hear if you don't mind. Yeah, no problem. Okay, here it goes. Uh, I titled it's entitled uh, "Protect the Heroes." <clears throat> uh, Christopher Reeve, the original Superman, once said, "A hero is an ordinary individual who finds the strength to persevere and endure despite overwhelming obstacles." I don't consider myself a hero, but I am an ordinary individual that has definitely overcame many overwhelming obstacles. On July 26, 2003, three family members and I had a car accident on our way to Mexico. The outcome of the incident drastically transformed my life. We departed our hometown Los Baños around 1 a.m., and the accident happened around 7 a.m. near Loma Linda. My dad was driving in his large white pickup truck on the Interstate 10, my little brother and sister were laying down asleep in the back seat, and I was sleeping in the reclined front passenger seat. As the bright morning sun was rising, my dad dozed off for a second while driving. <clears throat> when my dad tried to regain control of the steering wheel, the truck began to tip over. The truck rolled twice, then landed on its tires. When the truck rolled, the majority of the impact collapsed the roof area directly above the passenger seat where I was sitting. I woke up laying on the left side of my body along the warm brown leather seat covered in shards of glass with a bloody right elbow and a strange numbness throughout my body. My legs and my fingers were unresponsive and my arms felt extremely heavy. I knew something was wrong with my body, but I was relieved to know that my family members appeared to be physically healthy. Fortunately, a police officer nearby witnessed the accident and quickly, quickly arrived to assist us. 
I was frightened and confused, but I tried to remain calm as tears fell from my eyes. Firefighters eventually arrived and they, they used the jaws of life to cut the damaged roof and safely remove me from the truck. I was then transferred onto a gurney and into an ambulance. The ambulance drove me to Loma Linda Hospital where I underwent surgery on my neck. I had suffered a spinal cord injury and I became a quadriplegic at the age of 14. The intervertebral disc between my fifth and cervical vertebrae and sixth cervical vertebrae made contact with my spinal cord during the impact and impaired my spinal cord's function. The affected area on my spinal cord prevents signals to be transferred from my brain to specific parts of my body. Due to this, a large portion of my body remains paralyzed. I stayed in the Loma Linda Hospital for two weeks after the surgery. I was then placed on a gurney into a private plane and flown down to Santa Clara Valley Medical Center for physical and occupational therapy. I turned 15 years old while I was in the Santa Clara Hospital. My 15th birthday was an emotional day to say the least. Playing soccer was a passion of mine throughout my childhood. I started playing soccer as a goalkeeper at the age of 6 for Parks and Recreation Leagues and also played on the Los Banos Junior High and high school soccer teams. The realization that I may never walk again was the most difficult thing to accept, but the love and support of my family, friends, and the hospital staff kept me strong, motivated, and positive. Overall, I was in the hospital for three months, learning how to adapt to my body and how to manage it. My mom selflessly quit her job and offered to become my primary caregiver to assist me with my daily necessities. When I returned home, I took a year off uh, a year of home st studies as a sophomore instead of returning to my high school. It was a depressing year for me. I missed being in school. I missed my friends. Around this time, the high school soccer team that I played with had participated in a tournament and won second place. The soccer team donated the silver trophy to me as a com compassionate gesture of empathy and support. Ultimately, I was determined to return to school, but in order for me to go back, I had to relearn how to write and type with my finger limitations. I practiced throughout the homeschool year, and I eventually proved that I was physically and emotionally capable of returning to school as a junior. About a year and a half after the accident, during my junior year, I finally received a power wheelchair provided by my dad's health care insurance. Owning a power wheelchair liberated me and gave me an independence I was lacking with a manual wheelchair. I had to depend on people when I used the manual wheelchair. It's very difficult for me to maneuver a manual wheelchair due to the lack of grip I can use with my hands. The power wheelchair gave me freedom and with the help from local community donations we were able to purchase a red van with a wheelchair accessible lift to make it easier and safer to transport my power wheelchair. I had a great experience returning to school and I'm glad I succeeded in my accomplishment of graduating with my classmates. I graduated from Los Banos High School in 2006 with honors and the students nominated me as the school's first student of the month. At the age of 18, I enrolled in Medi-Cal and the Supplemental Security Income Disability Program. These programs were and continue to be a crucial assistance for me. The health care coverage and monthly income support my disability and my living expenses. Things can get ridiculously expensive when you live with a chronic disability. After high school, I registered and started attending CSU Stanislaus in Turlock. In my first two years of college, my mom would drive me multiple times a week to the university in the red van. In my junior year of college, I was able to purchase a Honda Element that was adapted for me to drive. My level of confidence, independence, and freedom skyrocketed when I started driving on my own, and I was pleased to know that my mom would have more time for herself. I graduated magna cum laude 
in 2010 with a Bachelor of Arts in Communication. By the age of 21, I had grown, outgrown my power wheelchair and I needed a new one, but Medi-Cal didn't cover the cost of the power wheelchair I required. Medi-Cal is limited with certain things and doesn't always cover necessities. I refused to settle for what Medi-Cal considered to be an adequate power chair for me. Fortunately, I was able to attain a suitable power chair through California Children's Services just before I was too old to qualify for the program. After taking a year off of school, I then proceeded to obtain a Master of Social Work degree in 2013. During my master's program, I interned at a nonprofit facility that cared for people with physical and mental disabilities. I also had the opportunity to intern at the Merced Mercy Hospital in the Social Services Department. I learned valuable knowledge throughout college and during both of my internships. Towards the end of my master's program, I was invited to join Phi Kappa Phi, an exclusive prestigious honor society. I was chosen for my consistent high grades throughout my college experience at CSU Stanislaus. Nowadays, I volunteer at local schools by sharing my story with children through a PowerPoint presentation. I've been sharing my presentation with local children for 10 years now. I talk to kids about my life in general, my disability, my struggles, my achievements, and I try to inspire them in some way. I also take a few of my paintings to share with the children and to demonstrate what I can do artistically despite my limitations. I've always been into art and painting has been a hobby of mine throughout the years. I've had the opportunity to paint live at a few local music concerts. I hope to continue to inspire more people through my motivational presentations and my artwork. I'm also planning to get involved with the, with the Reeve Foundation. The Reeve Foundation is dedicated to improve the quality of lives of people with spinal cord injuries and thrives to someday find a cure for paralysis. Medi-Cal is an essential program for me and for approximately 13 million Californians. It provides services for low-income individuals, families, seniors, persons with disabilities, children in foster care, and pregnant women. Each demographic requires different equipment, supplies, medications, and care. For myself, Medi-Cal provides medical supplies such as catheters. It also covers my medications, unexpected surgeries, dental, some medical equipment, and eye care. In 2012, I needed surgery to remove a bladder stone. I had to stay in the hospital for two weeks. Medi-Cal covered all the expenses. There's no way I could have afforded the cost of the surgery on my own. Medi-Cal is a necessity for people in our community that need the, the most assistance. Limiting resources for or eliminating Medi-Cal, CCS, the Reeve Foundation, or other programs that attempt to assist minority groups could be catastrophic for millions of individuals in California. As a society, we need to work together to ensure that these programs remain intact, funded, and available for people who qualify and desperately need the services. Anyone's life can dramatically change in any given day. Neither health nor wealth is promised in life. Because of this harsh reality, we must be prepared as a society to empower the disempowered community. Unfortunately, politicians are currently attempting to, attempting to defund and eliminate these essential programs. Christopher Reeve additionally once said, We have a government that, generally speaking, does not respond to the people. I sincerely hope we can make a large enough impact to force the government to respond, respect, and defend the people who need help. After all, isn't that what the government's for? Wow, that was crazy. That was amazing. Thank you. That was <laughs> how long did um did it take you to work on that piece? I did it in one night. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's crazy. Oh my god, I've I'm trying not to get emotional right now. That's crazy. Oh. You covered pretty much everything that I was going to ask you. So, <laughs> um, 
the the whole story from the beginning to even how it ended it talks about a lot of important topics that we're all talking about nowadays how how important uh medical is and and health coverage just uh regardless of you know um what political party people are or just uh people still need help you know and um from this happened to you early on in your life right so we didn't i'm sure we um when we were kids we don't really know that much of like um a medical and things like that or health coverage and how important it is you know now uh we're older and we kind of realize how important things are mm-hmm. and um I, I just i'm just blown away by that i think that's mm-hmm. a, such an amazing article is it out yet or is it not no out? it's not out yet um i'm they're still communicating with me when it will be oh, okay. like published but it's not published yet. dang that's awesome yeah. that's crazy how um on you had talked about um, from when the accident had happened up until, you know, you had gone homeschooling and then from, I've had it like experiences with, with, um, with a couple car accidents that were like really bad. Right. And, you know, you just never forget that situation, what had happened and things like that. Right. And you do get, I don't think people ever really talk about, um, post accident and, and how you you are mentally like. Um, your mental space is so important aside from, you know, physically, like, you know what you're feeling. Right. And, um, but mentally people don't really, um, I don't think it's being brought up enough, you know, like your mental state of, of, you know, like mental health, right. Mental health. And that's one thing too, that, that, um, I, I want to bring light to where, when it comes down to, um, just traumatic experiences, like, we always know of the the accident that happened or the situation that happened, but we never talk about. All right, Fada, how are you doing after this? Like, how, like mentally, right, like right. you know, you you took some time off of school because you know you you just weren't able to like mindset. You weren't able to go back yet, you know, and you, um, right. and then you were confident enough to go back. And and for me, like it mentally, I was ready to go back. Like even right after the accident happened, and I came back to Los Banos, but. Uh, you know, the nurses and the school pe- people at the school basically got together with my parents and they decided that it was better for me to take a year off first yeah. and do homeschooling first. And in a way, it did kind of help me because it was kind of a slower process and sl- slower pace to go back to school. And I I was able to take my time to really learn my body and how to take care of it before going to school. So it kind of worked out for me. But that speaking on mental health that year in general was very hard for me because i mean uh coming back to reality after something like that happens it's hard to adapt uh i i was stuck in the house most of the time i didn't have you know transportation at the times except for a pickup truck and it was unsafe and very difficult for me to get in and out of the truck so just the idea of having to be home all the time with a disability now uh, i didn't have a power chair so i was in a manual chair it was very depressing um but fortunately you know with friends and family it, you know i was able to get motivated to just go back to school and you know i yeah. missed a lot of my friends and just being in school in general like um you know not not to you know talk anything bad on, on homeschooling i support like people who decide to do that but for me i was just so used to it that i needed to be back yeah. so i you know started practicing writing and typing and Fortunately, I, the nurse and everybody agreed that I was able to go back. So yeah, that's awesome. So you you wanted to go back, and then they suggested that you know you took it off just because 
we were talking about how much you had to adapt. This is a completely different change. Like right. it's pretty much a whole new life that you that and and you had to figure out how to and you have siblings too. Are you the oldest or are you the No, it's my older brother and then me. I'm the second one and then my sister and then my younger brother. So um coming home, I mean now, you know, um, you know, you have your power chair, you have your transportation, you know, you're kind of figuring things out, right? right. Or you have your things figured out. Um, but it didn't, this didn't happen overnight. No, absolutely not. You know, and you talked about how the, like the, the struggles of even getting a power chair, you know, and, and things like that. And like, as far as like physically, like what, um, what issues have you had? Well, you had gone over it, um, after the accident, but what is it that you can or cannot do physically as far as like your hands or your well, um, body? Well, I don't have any movement in my fingers at all. Uh, my fingers kind of remain closed most of the time. My thumbs kind of just wiggle on their own. Oh, okay. Uh, but I I was able throughout the years to kind of figure out how to hold stuff, how to pick up stuff off the ground, um, how to... When I first started, I couldn't even use a restroom on my own. My parents would have to help me use the restroom, and eventually I was able to figure out how to do it on my own. Um, just little stuff, shaving, picking up a spoon to just eat, simple things like that. You'd have I have to learn how to grab it differently and um i'm a fast learner and i like to you know improvise and so for me like it was kind of an interesting challenge for me i took it like a challenge yeah. like okay if i can't do this this way there has to be a different way yeah you know so uh i think that mentality helped me out a lot like i i if you really know me you know that i don't like to settle like yeah. you know what i mean like that's awesome um I could have easily settled and stayed in in homeschooling, home, you know, for the rest of my high school, you know, experience. But I didn't want to, and uh, just with the power chair and yeah. a bunch of stuff, you know, I've been told no so many times, like no, that's not possible. But uh, if you do enough research, I feel like that's the key in in doing your own research yeah. and and finding out that if it is possible, even if that person doesn't want to do it for you or whatever, there's other people, other businesses, whatever. There's yeah. always a way. So yeah that's awesome that's a great way to look at things like there's um to me it's like i always there's you just have to roll with the punches like there's right. there's always gonna be people telling you no but as long as you know at the end of the day you still want to do it um that's still the most important part you know yeah. um you had talked about too when you do a public speaking as well mm -hmm. um do you i mean now i know you've done it for a while already but do you remember that first time you did um oh, yes. How was that the first time you you spoke publicly in front of people? Uh, the first time it was very spontaneous. It's actually one teacher here at the junior high who invites me over to her class every year, and I've been doing it for ten years now. And uh, the first time my younger brother Caesar was actually in her class, and they were reading a story or something in the class that related to a boy that had a car accident or something, or was hit by a car or something like that. And he started painting afterwards with his disability. So the teacher obviously knew me through my brother and knew about my situation and, you know, connected the dots and invited me over to talk to her class because uh, she was having trouble with their kids paying yeah. attention and doing work and stuff. So she figured if I went over there and talked to them, that it'll kind of motivate them in some way. And that's how it started. I mean, the first time I did the presentation, I was in the classroom and my younger brother was right there sitting in one of the classes. I usually when I go, I stay there throughout the whole day. So I talk to each one of her periods. Oh, okay, so okay. I talk to, you know, I'd say my presentation five times, basically. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and the first few times that I did it, I just winged it. I went and you know took my paintings at the end. I would show them my paintings after my presentation. I let them ask questions at the end, but I didn't have anything visual or anything. And then towards the last few times, I came up with the idea like to create a PowerPoint presentation. So now I have PowerPoint slides saved, yeah. and I just we put it in the USB computer That's and awesome. yeah. So it's pretty. It's a lot better that that way because the kids you could see that they're more involved there yeah you know they have something visual to look at right. and um i i hopefully i i really wanted to start doing a lot more of that yeah that's awesome because i know like for me personally i'm a visual learner so right. um i pay attention more to people when um like I, I was never really good with like listening to the teachers but like if there was someone um like a um like a substitute where they were telling me their stories of how, like I was always intrigued on like people's stories and like, mm -hmm. um, like how it related to the certain topics of like class and things like that. But that's awesome. And you had brought up Caesar, your brother, right? Mm -hmm. And also your, your mom and well, your family in general, they help you out a lot. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, so each, each one has, um, a role they play with in your life with, um, as far as how much they help you and you help them, you know, there, there's so many things, and characteristics that go into play like even after your accident and things like that which we just recently met i want to say was it a year ago i met you last year for my birthday right so yeah tomorrow is going to be literally a whole year that we met uh but one thing i've noticed about you and your brother you guys are so you guys have that bond that's in, that i have the same thing with my brother where you he just knows exactly how you're feeling without even asking you and things like that so how has he helped you because you guys were both pretty young. He was how how much younger is he from you? Uh, I'm about to be 30 in October on October 6th, and he's about to be 24, I think. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, he just I told us to it. Yeah, I, I think he said 24. Yeah. 24, 25. But, yeah, no, he's he's a major influence in my life, just along with my mom and, you know, everyone else. But Caesar and I, I kind of... My older brother was the oldest brother, but he was always kind of doing his own thing. So I was yeah. kind of always left, you know, taking care of my brother and my sister. And uh, I kind of just, you know, spent a lot of time with them, you know. And after the accident happened, uh, Caesar, my, my older brother, moved out. And Caesar was left to help me out with a lot of the physical stuff. And um, he's my right-hand man. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, this guy does everything for me. I couldn't ask for a better better little brother yeah to help me out with stuff around the house and just to have fun we go out a lot we're really close yeah he's he's such a great person and he has such a good heart like yeah you could tell he's never like oh come on you know he's he's always has good spirit and then, i mean both of you guys do like i haven't had a chance to meet your other brother but um you guys have you and caesar have like such a great bond and even when you guys are are with jaime it's just you guys have this like connection which is crazy because it could be the most random topic, but you guys all like just vibe. And that's one thing like where I'm pretty big on is like energy and like vibes and things like that, you know? So like after, you know, when you're doing your speeches, you're, you're going to these classes, you're motivating these kids, right? What? And like, there's going to be kids out there that aren't paying attention to the speech, right? But, um, what energy do you take from that? Like when you're going home after that full day where you taught, where you showed all those periods, right? <laughs> um mm. like what do you take from that oh man well first of all i'm left with no voice <laughs> at the end <laughs> right, of the day i'm like like my voice is gone but i don't even care about that i just feel so uplifted 
and uh, motivated. I it, it actually helps me out more. I mean, I'm sure it helps them out, but it helps me out as well. Uh, just to see the feedback that I get from them, and every time I go and do that, I have a different experience, different questions, and stuff like that. Um, but the thing that I love the most that from this situation with the teacher and this invitation that I've, I've been getting is that after I do the presentation, she has them each student uh, write a paragraph or a page, whatever they want, uh, and uh, to say thank you to me about oh, awesome. you know going to the, their class and presenting. And she saves them and gives them to me every time. So oh, I have them so all cool. saved and their personal messages of them, each kid thanking me and saying whatever they want to say. So that right there was like very touching. You know, sometimes yeah. I shed a few tears just listening yeah. to some of the stuff that they say. You know, That's awesome. The um, And it's awesome that that age too, where you're, you know, it's that junior high age where they're still, you know, young kids and they're not that much, you know, in high school, you have this um, hard head mentality where you're not really trying to learn anything. And that's how I was too, you know, and I think, I mean, I, we never had, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I remember you mentioning before that like, you had done public speaking with, with the, with the school and, and things like that. But I, I don't think people really realize how important that is. Like had I had that, like when I was growing up, I think things would have been a lot different. You know, I think that's one thing too. Um, it's inspiring because um, I remember, you know, going to the auditorium and people would have like, um, you know, those rallies and things like that. Right. And, um, but I always just pictured myself like the, having a, like a podium and then just talking to these kids like, <laughs> look, listen, this is how life is going to be like. But just being that positive influence, because yeah. I think there's so much out now, whether you know, um, it's politics or just social media or, um, everything in general, like there's just so much negativity, you know, to, and it's so easily influenced. Like you could easily just have a negative mindset and then have a crappy day. You know what I right. mean? Um, but you're, you're pretty much a positive person. Every time I see you, you know, you're, um, you're pretty, pretty chill. You know, there's, there's some days where well, most of the time I'm positive, but there's times where I'm not, where I'm like, you know what? Today is just not my day. Like, and oh, we all have those and days, we, and we all have those days. But how is it that you deal with? Like, someday you just wake up and you're just like, you know what? I don't, I'm, I don't feel that happy today. Like, how do you deal with that? Oh man, I should be dealing with it by going to the gym, <laughs> <laughs> which is something I'm trying to hopefully change, like, and and start doing that more often. But uh, I don't know. Like, I I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of distractions, like. I have my I live with my mom here and my brother's always here. So if I'm feeling down, I just go to another room and I could talk to someone if yeah. I needed to. So that alone, I mean, is huge for me. But sometimes like when you are feeling certain people are feeling that way, you don't even want to talk to anybody. You just want to be left alone. So it just depends. But um like I going back to the mental thing, it's all mental. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if if you if you keep digging yourself down, it, it's going to get harder to dig yourself out. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's one of the things that I kind of learned from, you know, not going to school that one year. I, it was just like digging myself deeper and yeah. deeper. So the sooner I got out, the better it would be. Yeah, that's that's crazy because the one thing that is hard, too, is like we're all everyone is fighting their own battles. Like yes. uh, whether, you know, sometimes like you know, your mom might be having a crappy day and you need her and, you know, she drops everything just to, you know, be there for you. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I know moms do that all the time, you know, and it's crazy because like 
Mother's Day is just around the corner, and right. like, we don't really realize how much like moms really do for us, which is it's, I'm not. Yes, it's, it's, I agree. Inc- it's incredible. Like I. I can't even imagine like right now, like, so like I don't have any kids or anything and I don't plan on having any anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But like my mom was just talking to me cause we have, um, not to get off subject or anything, but my, um, my nephew, my mom's first, uh, grandchild, he's going to be one next month. And she's just like incredible. Like a mom is one thing, but when she turns into a grandma, oh. she's just on level a thousand, you know, but yeah. anyway, so, um, you know, one thing that I, I had a conversation with her the other day and, um, I never realized like, oh wait, moms could have crappy days like the way they <laughs> they could have like problems too. Like I didn't realize because when we need them, like they literally drop everything, everything. and they're just there for you regardless yeah. of you know they could have like a cold or something and they're like, nope, I don't have nothing. I'm good. What's up? You know, like yeah. they're just so. I like I don't know. We just I mean we all we're all fighting our own battles, but we just never realize uh, what each of us are going through. You know, and yeah. I think. That's one thing that's very, very important is just like be kind to everyone, like regardless of if it's your sibling or, you know, the cashier at the store or things like that. Like um, just being kind, like being kind to everyone will go a long way, you know? And going back to like that whole thing where I was saying like a lot of people say no, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mechanics, doctors, whatever, wherever you need to get, whatever you're, you're, you're trying to get. And that's the thing that a lot of people expect well not a lot but you know certain people expect a negative uh feedback when they say no yeah and that's something that i learned over the years that even though someone says no and they're trying to give you negativity just give them positivity back and not you know what i mean and and that's uh, like i've noticed that that's worked in certain situations where they're like no we can't do that and it's like oh really like what if we do this or what you know or just attacking it with positivity and they're like well maybe you know yeah okay you know certain things like that and it's just like if you you know feedback negativity as well that's it's gonna cut it off right there that's so true like i don't think people realize how like negativity always strives off of negativity so you know if you give someone you know that negative reaction back there it is the negativity is just gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger but if you hit it back with positivity then you'll just you know you'll kill it and you don't that the negativity won't like really grow, you know? And, um, I think people underestimate negativity and they don't really see it as, as what it is because, you know, we could be hanging out with our friends or something and then we'll, someone will bring up something negative. Right. And then we could either just ignore it or just be like, Oh no, yeah, that's true. Well, you know, for example, like, like LeBron James, you know what I mean? Like I personally don't care for LeBron James, but you're not going to hear me talk about him all the time, but I'm not going to sit here and dissect him, you know, like, cause one, I'm not a negative person, but, um, as a basketball fan and as a Celtics fan, I kind of have to, you know, but yeah. like, um, as a person, I'm more like, I'm not going to tear him apart just because, um, all the, like every, especially right now during postseason and <laughs> things like that, you know, like I could easily do it. And it's so easily, you could easily fall into negativity, man. It's just right. with everything, whatever, um, topic it is like, you're so easily influenced um, and I don't think nowadays there's not enough positive influence because uh, there's times where negativity o- overshadows it. And one thing that you had gone into, too, is that you got into like painting. Right. Um, how long have you been painting? Oh, I've been into art since I was a little kid, but officially painting and working on artwork probably in high school. Oh, okay. I took a few art classes for a couple years. And after that, I was just hooked and uh, yeah. I took more classes in college, a 
like two. And uh, I've just been doing it ever since. But uh, there's like <laughs> three pro- projects I'm working on at the time that I haven't finished. So I like to keep a lot of different projects open, but uh, I, n- I need to get back into that as well. So you like to start projects and then kind of have them open and then like start new ones and then slowly uh, finish them off little by little, you know? Right. Uh, painting is kind of like a hobby that I kind of just kind of put on the side recently, but it's always something that's there, you know what I mean? And yeah. that's what I find comfort in, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I ever do like have a, one of those days that we were talking about where you're just like down and you don't want to do nothing, like that's a great outlet right yeah. there. Like I slap on some music, put a, you know, take on my paints and start working on painting and it's very therapeutic. Yeah, that's awesome. So aside from painting, um, what else, what do you like to do for fun? Like, what is it that you like to do? Oh, well, like if I had a pastime, I would go to be in a concert every single night. Really? What kind <laughs> I love of, music. What, what kind of music do you like? Uh, you know, I grew up on a different, a lot of different types of music, but recently I've been listening to a lot of reggae. But uh, I grew up with a little bit of everything. My parents are both from Mexico, so I have a lot of Spanish influence, you know. But uh, even jazz, when I took a a class in in college, a jazz class, we had to study a bunch of musicians and stuff, and I was just hooked. That's crazy. So just a a variety. What what reggae artists are your favorite right now? Ooh, (laughs) that's a good question. Uh, You're like the list goes on and on. Yeah, you it's a long so list. I have so much love for a lot of bands, yeah. and and it's not even about like. At first, it was about the music, like, yeah. I, and it it always will be. I love the music, but after you start going to a few concerts, a few festivals, and you start seeing familiar faces, familiar band members, and you start building a connection with the band members, and yeah. and then after the music thing, it kind of becomes more of that like i'm more excited to see friends that i know familiar faces than sometimes bands you know it's like oh i've seen that band like four times already i'd rather go hang out with these guys you know and building that like you know friendship that connection is is new to me first of all i was a fan you know i've always been i'm still a fan but you know that's super cool to have them be so humble and mellow and not every musician is like that and in the reggae world, I feel like a lot of the musicians are like that, and they're so humble and down to earth. Yeah, and it and we've gone to a few shows with you, and it's it's crazy because it's kind of like a little networking thing. Like if I had a dollar for every time someone was like, "Oh, hey Fidel, hey Fidel," I'm like, "Whoa, people know him more than the actual person playing right now." No, but no, way. but like it's crazy because I'm sure you've gone to so many shows. Like, do you know how many you've gone to, or oh, you lost man. count? Oh man, I lost count. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Do you think you've been to more than a hundred? Yeah, right. Maybe close. Yeah. Maybe you've close. You've gone to a lot, so you around fifty for sure. That's crazy. And then that's like with festivals included. And yes. Like, it's crazy because I like. I like concerts, but I think festivals are like way too much for me because I can't handle that. You know, like, oh. I'm more of like a one day person when it comes. A lot out of people show. are, but like the you know the festivals you know nowadays are like three days. You right. know, which is cool because I know you guys can hang for those three days. You yes, know, me, I'm more like uh, I'm good for that one full day, and um, depending on like the lineup too. You know, right and, and the situation, um, and everything. right? So like uh, the aside from reggae, you also like Spanish. Or you said Spanish music or Mexican oh, yeah. music. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite artists as far as like Mexican artists? Oh man, well Mana will always be up there. Mana. And I got nice. I had the opportunity to see them in Fresno. Oh cool. So that was really cool years ago, but that was really awesome. Yeah. How's I've never seen a Mana. My friends are Mana fans. I'm not 
really i never really got into their music uh-huh. is it there is it a band i don't even know see i'm so yeah it's a band um, it's a uneducated band. with what <laughs> but um they had invited me i think they were gonna be um from what was a convention center in san jose i never went because i was like eh, it's, it's not my cup of tea so i didn't go right. but i got into them after and i was like i heard one song and i was like oh they're not that bad but i have to like slowly get into their music just yeah. like with any other well artists. now they're probably considered like an older band yeah. now they haven't they kind of might even be retired i'm not sure i haven't kept up with them but yeah no i mean i think music in general is amazing like that was one of the things besides artwork that really got me through uh after the accident uh i just listened and at the time limewire was huge oh my so goodness, everybody LimeWire. was downloading illegally yeah. so that was like a passion of mine uh the the school had provided me or let me borrow a little macbook oh, okay, so cool. that little macbook i would download limewire and i was just going crazy with music so it was a passion and and listening to certain types of music also helped me emotionally you know what i mean like that was when I first got introduced to reggae, like in high really? school, the end of my high school years during that time. And um, just listening to certain bands like Radiohead, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, stuff like that, that had a lot of emotion, uh, you know, allowed me to move on and kind of uh, express myself in that way. Yeah. So reggae, I mean, aside from like all the other genres, you know, one thing about reggae is that it's it's known for like all the good ass energy you get from even whether you're listening to it in the car or you're going to a show or a festival like everyone at like for example when you've gone to shows you know everyone there is just so positive and so chill and you know we've seen little kids at concerts you know or festivals and then and it's just so um it makes me happy because i'm like damn this is awesome you know like right. going somewhere where there's just so much positive energy and you get to meet people and it's such a great place to meet people because everyone is just there to have a good time and yeah you know um so there's so i mean we know how good of uh influence reggae music is you know um but a lot of people have like um they look at reggae as kind of like uh like they, there's a lot of stereotypes of reggae. Oh, of course. For the people that don't listen to it, but what's one thing you would tell someone that's like not really big on reggae, and you know, um, you would suggest I'm like, hey, you know what, Fidel? Like, if you could pick one song, which one or one artist, who would you suggest to listen to? Well, the first, well, the first thing I would tell them is to mainly just listen to the lyrics. Like, you know what I mean? Like, focus yeah. on the lyrics and the message, because that's the biggest difference that I've noticed with reggae music compared to other music. Is that the message that they're they're sending out? Is it a positive one? Is it a negative one? That's what the main yeah. focus should be. You yeah. know what I mean? The beat or whatever doesn't make is it danceable? That's all secondary. Yeah. For me personally, because that's what you're you know what I mean that's what you're throwing out there your lyrics. Yeah. So I would recommend regardless of the artist, you know what I mean, or even the genre. It doesn't necessarily have to be reggae. There's positive music out there in other yeah. genres. So that's that's mainly what I would try to f- tell people, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a there's a lot of people the music that people listen to that they really like and they're not even paying attention to the lyrics. Right, you know? exactly my point. So yeah. um there's just a big stereotype too. Like my um the other day I was bumping reggae and my mom was like, Guess that's so you know, like because she's very old school, like Mexican yeah. mom, you know. So she doesn't really understand like the the genre alone. Like I try and like school her, but to her Los bookies are the only thing that exists, yeah. you know, and um, Los yeah. So it's hard because um, 
So you're you said you know you're 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 Mexican. Your parents are you know OG Mexicans. You right. Know? And yes. Same thing with my parents. So, um, what are um th- this what that from what had happened with the accident and everything? This is the first time this has ever happened to anyone in your family, right? So, right. um, and aside from like your values and everything, what you guys believe in, um, has there been any time when they're like, you know, you you had said everyone that has told you no before, like. Has your parents ever been like, you know, well, you're not going to be able to do that or no, they've ever told you no? Uh, n- no, I'm, I've been really lucky that I have parents that are the opposite of that. They always been pushing me to, you know, try new things or yeah. like if I were to do something they would try to help me and figure out how I'd want to do it or whatever. So luckily, I've always had, you know, that support from my parents. Yeah. So and that that's that's incredible because like our our biggest like heroes like growing up is like always our parents like whether we want to admit or not like right whatever they tell us you can or cannot do at a young age that's what it is like you right. know and um for them to be very supportive at like a young age from a big um life-changing experience like this is something not only um are you dealing with this uh, everyone is you know and um one thing that that's um from like my personal experiences that had just um, I had just fractured my collarbone and I had, um, just gone in like a really bad car accident. Right. And it sucks going through it one time, but when you have to go through that again, it's just like, damn it. Why? Like why? And the, the feeling of like, you never want to feel the feeling again, but right. you'll, um, it's just, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's, um, as much as people hit you up like, hey, I hope you're okay, hey, you know, um, and they send you their love and their support, mm-hmm. you know, um, sometimes you just don't want to hear from nobody. Is that normal? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I, um, it's hard to like, I feel like you could relate with me on, on it because like, um, like there's times where I'm just like, dude, I just want to be alone, you know, Right. as much as I'm a positive person and I love uplifting other people and I'm such a like, um, I know I'm a good friend and I know like every time I'm posting like positive things and things like that. But, um, there was a time frame where I wasn't returning no calls. I wasn't returning no messages. I just needed to be alone. Like, mm-hmm. and, um, with my first accident, it was really hard cause I was in the, um, mindset where even like with the doctors, like they, I didn't know if I was going to be able to walk again, Wow, you know? And it sucked because not because of that, but because, I never thought of like, I was just, I kept on thinking of how fast I was living my life. I never appreciated the little things, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, I was, I want to say like 21 when this happened, 22. Um, and it was, it was hard because I was, I'm a, I'm a big, um, car fan. So my car was like a little EJ one, like a, uh, like a, was a 93 Honda Civic. So it was a little compact car, you know? And, right. That was like my pride and joy. And I hadn't like the whole time um, it had happened. Not once did I ever think about that because I never cared about materialistic things, you know. But um, with my first accident, the thing that had um, mentally fucked me up was mm-hmm. the fact that I had a passenger with me. Oh. And um, um, one thing I wanted to ask you, if you don't mind me asking, is no, like, um, have you had a chance to talk to your dad about the accident? Oh yeah, uh, we've talked many times, and yeah, uh, we've actually been closer than really. We're closer now than we were before the accident. 
Uh, but because before the accident happened, I was the se- I'm the second yeah. child, so my older brother and him were really close, mm-hmm. and they still are, you know. But uh, I was kind of just you know not so much in the picture, and um, but after the car accident happened, my dad was there every single day yeah. at the hospital, and he felt worse about the situation than I did. Yeah. Uh, so just seeing him devastated, um, kind of made motivated me to get better. Because I didn't want to see him that way. Uh, and at first, I had the mentality that it wasn't going to be permanent. So I, I was I was going to get better, you know. Um, but, you know, you start to accept your life the way it is. Uh, re- whether it changes or not, you just learn to adapt. I think adapting is the biggest thing in the, the biggest power that humans have. Like, we have the power to adapt to any anything. And that's something that a lot of people don't realize or don't like to unlock you know what i mean like regardless of what situation or what what you're going through there's always a way that you could adapt change or do something about it uh to get the result that you want yeah that's um and that's a big thing just with life in general like day-to-day life like you have to adapt and like i call it like rolling with the punches because as much as you could have your day scheduled like something's bound to go wrong you're gonna have to deal with it you know and um and that's kind of just how um as much as i want to i like have my day plan from the moment i wake up to the moment i go to sleep things are gonna be off schedule and i'm gonna have to just deal with them as they come you know and um i'm still currently right now in uh physical therapy with like my whole thing with my collarbone and things like that but i never really realized how important like i had um fractured my uh my humerus which is like the the not your funny bone but everyone thinks it's your funny <laughs> bone but it's pretty much your arm and then um this was like years ago and then now it was my collarbone and i never realized how important this side was and i'm not left-handed luckily i'm right-handed but um it's really hard like even with was phys- physical therapy i really underestimated it because i had never i was like ah, i could move it like nothing it's whatever but no it's really hard it's yeah i'm right now i'm like on like three pound weights i'm like oh this is really hard you know wow. and, yeah, um, you, you don't appreciate tough. what you have until you don't have it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like I never realized how much I needed my left collarbone until <laughs> I couldn't use it. Like I was, I literally had a you know sleep sitting down for up until recently, like a few months, you know. So, um, but it definitely makes you appreciate things. Like I've, I was very appreciative before, um, and even after now, you know, I think it's so important to have such like a solid foundation to like with you know your family is very supportive you know my family is the same exact way like we don't have to we're not very close like we're not uh we all work we are doing our own thing but we we're very supportive you know oh, i have absolutely um i mean my brother my older brother lives here in los panos he lives on the other side of town and he lives in his own house with his girlfriend um and we don't see each other that often he's a way busier than i am he's yeah. a busy guy really busy and and he's doing his own thing. But I know that if I call him right now and I need something or whatever, he'll be here. You know what I mean? Like that's he I could count on him for whatever. And, um, you know, having that support and knowing that you could do that is is crucial. And and, and it goes both ways, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. That's awesome, though. Like one thing um, about that we had talked a little bit is about um, uh, like the like the whole energy thing, like how um, I'm very big on like. Like the law of attraction, the power of positivity, things like that. Uh, what are your thoughts on the law of attraction? 
Oh man. Well, <laughs> I think well, first of all, you have to be attracted. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that's that's key. Like knowing what you want in life yeah. is key. Like like having that key. Right. Thing. Like for me personally, like before accident, after the accident, whatever, I knew I wanted to go to college. Like oh, okay. that was my attraction. I knew I was gonna get my degree somewhere, somehow. Yeah. So it was just how am I gonna do it? So that was kind of like the attraction. but i feel like you do have to put some type of effort and into getting something that you want but then again you do i mean you have to be positive while you're doing it you can't be a negative and believe in the law of attraction or whatever and expect to get something in return you have to actually make the effort and so yeah that's basically my thought I, i mean you have to focus on what you want and then just try to get it adapting on the way yeah you know what i mean yeah like just pretty much focusing like that positive energy and just having that positive mindset and whatever goal you do have like having you know yours was you know you knew you wanted to go to college and you didn't know how but you were going to figure out along the way and i think that's one thing about life that's um everyone wants to know like okay how like everyone wants to know the recipe everyone wants to know the formula like but they don't they just don't do it like that's the one thing that's the biggest way to learn is just doing things like you don't um no one taught you how to do the things you're doing now you're literally figuring Mm. it out on the way or um and that's one thing that um because i was i know um what like how everyone's thinking because i used to think the same way like growing up I, i used to ask a million times like okay but how like all right but how do they do this or like I would think of someone that was successful, like in our household, it was like Vicente or Jose Ferro Jimenez, you know, I would always ask, how are they where they're at in their lives, in their careers, you know, and no one would ever give me that answer. Like, you know, um, and I didn't understand why, because just with anyone, I would always ask my parents on um, whoever was successful, I would always ask, okay, dad, but how did they get there? And he never told me how, because you can't. You can't teach an entrepreneur how how to have their own business, you know, like how to have a successful business at that. Like you could um, you can't tell someone how to live their dreams because you don't know what their dreams are. Like you just literally have to go off of what's in your mind. Like no one knows what Fidel wants besides Fidel. Like you could tell people, all right, you know what? I'm trying to uh, work on this painting, but no one really knows your actual vision for it. And that's something that I kind of get frustrated with social media. Yeah. You brought that up like. especially lately like i i just post certain things on instagram and here and there whenever i go to concert or whenever but i'm not posting something every day or like every little positive thing that i do or negative thing that i do and i feel like uh because of that people are assuming that you're not doing anything it's like if you're not posting on instagram it didn't happen yeah and it's like why i don't agree with that and i don't like that at all like if anything it's the opposite for me personally if i'm not Mm. posting anything i'm too busy it's because i'm busy doing something or uh, i'm just not wanting to share my special moment with the world you know what i mean sometimes it makes it more special to have it for yourself than to blast it for everyone else that should have it right so that's kind of like i totally i totally see that and relate to that um and i i'm somewhat of a private person so i guess you could say so i guess that has an effect on that too i'm not gonna just post everything yeah the um i was gonna tell you too because uh just recently you did 
we didn't talk about this, but you met Damien Marley. Oh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> from when you had first met him, I was going to tell, so when are you going to post it? So, But I didn't want to tell you because we're living in this social media world where it's like, you have to post it that same moment. And then, right. like, I remember you took a few days and I was like, oh, okay, he, he has to wait a few days. All right, cool. Like, I don't want to <laughs> ask. Because I know if I would have got a picture with Damien Marley, I would have posted day. it that same <laughs> second that yeah. we met. I'm like, all right, what's up, you know? But uh, it's just we're living, in, we're living in this social media world now where it's, you know, if you didn't post it, it didn't happen, you know. Right. And um, I'm that's I'm very big on like um, if I'm busy, I'm not going to be on my phone at all. Like I'm just mm-hmm. um, that's why I'd rather not even um, put like, you know how nowadays you could get like buy books online and just read them on yeah. there. I hate that. Like I need to have the actual physical copy of the book yeah. in order for me to pay attention, because if not, I know I'll get distracted on my phone yeah. doing that. So um, this this social media world, which we're talking about social media, but what's your where's somewhere someone could follow you like if they want to follow you on instagram like what's your instagram would probably be the best uh it's at fofo dofo with the underscore f-o-f-o underscore d-o-f-o i don't have facebook i've never had a facebook i used to have a myspace myspace back in the day when they existed and people were actually on there but uh yeah like and i and during high school i had so many friends but that's when the facebook was blowing up instagram wasn't even you know around at that time and um i put my foot down like every time like nah 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 nah. yeah and i'm so glad i did because i avoided so much you know distractions i was all about i was a big nerd in high school i was all about my schooling and studying and stuff so um but now you know i'm glad i got instagram it's a cool way to connect with people and you know so it's it's cool i like it yeah social media could be cool then it could have his days you know right you just have to know how to use it (laughs) yeah a lot of people have um do you ever go on twitter or no no i don't have a twitter um twitter is kind of like i've always had it and then i would always like get away from it and then go back to it and now i'm just like on it and it's it's kind of just like you could just post like kind of like captions throughout the whole day. Yeah, you know? I'm familiar with so, it. So, um, so it's like it could be a blessing and a curse at the same time because, um, during like, uh, for example, like, um, like the playoffs right now, like there's, uh, um, during like live tweeting during the games is like the thing. So like people could like go on there and trash talk and I don't do it much anymore, you know, because <laughs> I feel like I'm a mature fan. Right. But back in the day, I would just go on it and I would just trash talk like crazy i we used to have the biggest rivalry with the lakers growing up um but are you a big a basketball fan or are you oh i love sports in general yeah i'm a big sports fan i i, I like watching a lot of different types of sports yeah. yeah um with that being said who do you think is gonna win the championship this year the basketball oh man well being a warriors fan i'd have oh to my... say the warriors the oh my goodness come back and win it again but uh it's gonna be tough like the it's the four best teams right now and this is what everyone has been expecting yeah so it's gonna be a battle battle to the end uh it's crazy to think how 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 crazy postseason um games are because it's just the intensity is insane the warriors have came so far you know and just um i feel like they're gonna end up coming out uh, on the on the west coast but who do you think is gonna win in the east Oh man, that's that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like LeBron is a powerhouse, but I feel like the Celtics have a overall overall uh like um younger team that has more stamina, so I feel like during the long run they might be able to provide more points because of that, but I feel like LeBron is pretty clutch sometimes especially this this 
uh, playoffs. So I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. I'm excited to see. Yeah, it's going to be this great, uh, great show regardless of, um, of course, I want the Celtics to win, you know. Uh, but it's... I'm more excited for the World Cup. <laughs> really? Are you really? Yeah. Um, I'm not really big into soccer, but who do you think... So for the World Cup, I really don't know nothing about it. Um, is it this summer or when is it? It's in June, the beginning of June, I believe. And it lasts about two, three months, something like that. Well, who do you think is going to win like the World Cup? Or is it... Oh, man. <laughs> That's a hard one. There's so many good teams, but I feel like... I mean, I'd like Mexico to win. Right. <laughs> they haven't even won one ever. No? So that'd be no. So that'd be awesome to see. But uh, realistically, probably Germany, Argentina, Brazil, one of the powerhouse teams yeah. that are going to take it. But we'll see. I just love watching Spain. Hopefully Spain will win it, too. I like Spain. You like um, soccer, too, though. You're a big. Yeah, I've guy. been into soccer since I was little. So I've, I was goalkeeper for many years. But um and shout out to the Parks and Rec shout out to the city because we yeah, I used to play Parks and Rec too sure. and, and I loved playing Parks and Rec and I think that's a big thing um I'm so grateful that my parents had us in um um like Parks and Rec whether it was soccer or basketball like they always had us in something and um that's it's such crucial. a positive influence because I have yeah. to this day like I keep in touch with people I've met through Parks and Rec you know and um it's awesome so I think it's it's awesome that uh, we've had that. Ability. Weren't you in ballet for clerical too, like Mexican for cleric dancing? No, I wasn't. Oh, I was going okay. to. Oh, okay. I never did it. We got. We were doing that too, really? and karate. We were pretty oh, busy. Gee, that's little awesome. kids. No, I never did it, but um, I was. I wanted to, but I never had a chance to. And I was like, I didn't, I think I have two left feet, so like I can't really like. <laughs> but um, but that's it's crazy, man. This. Thank you so much for um taking the time out to coming like out on the podcast i just i think i'm so um i'm so excited for people to hear this because I, I think people get to see like a different aspect of you know um of what what you do and what you have going on and like even your future plans like like i'm so excited to for us to you're gonna come out on the podcast again soon yeah i was about like, to you know, say yeah like you're, you're welcome to invite yeah. me anytime i have yeah. a lot of free time so yeah i mean and to kind of catch up on like what a, my plans are at the time or what i'm working on or whatever yeah. but i mean throughout it all throughout even this ex experience and anything that i do i anything that has positive messages yeah. going down positivity and yeah. and just like you know you know thriving basically right. everyone has to work on their own thing but you know if if i could do anything or you or anybody to help out the children or help out you know anybody that's what it's about so yeah. hopefully this will motivate and people could look into that whole medical thing and the christopher Reeve foundation and and help out in whatever they can so hopefully it, yeah. thank you for having me no thank you so much for being here and if anyone wants to uh tune in and to check out what fidel's up to Follow him on Instagram. And um, thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. And uh, stay tuned for the next one. Bye.